literary fans and welcome to episode 34 of Jeff Reads His Book. I am your host Jeff and today we're reading chapter 12 of Offworlder, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to contact me, you can head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com and there's a couple ways to, three ways, not a couple, three ways to contact me right there on the page. And while you're there, uh, why not consider buying a copy of this terrible book so you'll have something to, uh, you know, if the uh, they have some sort of town book burning, you'd have something to throw in there because you wouldn't worry about it. So think about it. Think about it. Could be useful. Also, kindling. I don't know. Do people still get the newspaper? Because if they don't, this book could work. <laughs> I still get the newspaper. That was like a recent occurrence is... Uh, I started getting the New York Times again delivered to my house. I don't live anywhere near New York, but it seems to be the one of the few actual newspapers left that I can get in print form. The one they have here in Cleveland stinks, so I think they cut their staff to like three reporters and no editors, so it's a catastrophe when you try to read it. And it's not even all every day of the week. It's, it's wicked stupid. So, <clears throat> we do not have any feedback today. Aw, I guess... These boring chapters are not attracting a lot of a lot of write-ins, you know? So, I can understand that. They're not. This isn't going well. <laughs> but uh, one exciting fact is I'm on a new notepad. So, I take all the, like, the show notes and I write them in pencil on legal pads because I'm a weird old man, you know? Uh, I, I could do it online. I guess that's what most podcasts do. Like, you can read the show notes online. I'm not doing that. That sounds like a lot more work. And this is already quite a bit of work. It's fun, but I don't need to be editing web pages. I freaking hate that kind of stuff. So we got a new notepad. I've actually, uh, I think I posted once a picture of my notepad. Because I think one of the comments about this, uh, one of the chapters was so dull or something like that. And I, you know, I had to write it down to remind myself to actually say it. So, yeah. Uh... So we got a new notepad. That means I had 33 pages in the previous one. This is exciting. Yeah, uh, I should. There was a there was a podcast I used to listen to that they would auction off their handwritten notes. I think they were going to try to, so you could actually send money to win the notepad. I don't know if I'm going to do that though. That seems. I don't think anybody's buying that. Nobody's buying the books. Why would they do that? <laughs> all right. All right. So. Anyway, we got a long chapter ahead of us. Today we're reading chapter 12. It is 13 whopping pages. So I did glance through it. I do know this chapter. Uh, one of the things that might be nice for our listeners who are looking for a fantasy novel is there will be some magic in the book. Yeah, very exciting. Also, a hallmark of this series, a talking animal. <laughs> I think that's always fun, don't you? Yeah, yeah. So that's all the notes I really have to, you know, before we dive into this chapter. Um, I think, uh, I can't remember what I used to do before I'd get regular feedback, but I don't have any feedback this week, so I can't, like, just fill time. I probably could have gone off on a rant about something, but... You know what? Let's keep it smooth. Let's keep uh, let's keep the focus here, and let's dive in to chapter twelve. 
So today, while I read this chapter, I am going to be sipping on a delicious glass of Wild Turkey 101 on the rocks. Ooh, yeah. Mm. This is one of my favorite bourbons. Um, Wild Turkey 101, exceptionally strong. 101 is the proof, of course. Um, very delicious, though. I really do enjoy it. I really have to have it over ice, though, because it's so strong. And it's a little hard to have a couple glasses because, yeah, yeah. But it tastes so good. I think it tastes better than um, regular wild turkey. I think it's better than that. Mm. But for a long chapter like this, let's have some fun. That's what I say, huh? <laughs> All right, here we go. Henry stood at the steps outside the temple waiting for Margot to emerge. When he saw her, he waved, smiling. While annoyed with Janie at first, he was genuinely pleased he would get to spend the day with Margot. Aww. Hi, um, sorry for Janie volunteering you, Henry said apologetically. I didn't know she was going to do that. It's fine, Margot said, waving away the comment. I feel like she's being short with him. She's a little annoyed. Henry stared at her a moment, trying to judge her response. Finding no clues as to how she really felt, he chanced, I'm happy you're coming, though. Do you, do you need to go to your house before we leave? I need to stop by mine for some different shoes, for sure. Margot's eyes glimmered with interest for a split second before she collected herself. Um, I'll just stop by my home real quick. Can we just meet on the road south? That sounds great, Henry said, smiling. Here's a question. Do you think Sandhill is to the south? I don't know. I, I'm very directional in this book. But I feel like it isn't. Were they going there first? For some reason, I thought they were going to Sandhill first. Eh, who cares? I'm not looking it up. That's 100% for sure. Jesus. All right, drinking break. Mm-hmm. Five minutes later, Margot found Henry standing alone beside the southern road. Oh, yeah. A woman getting ready in five minutes, please. Oh, geez. That's pretty sexist. I'm just teasing. <laughs> okay, okay. Five minutes later, Margot found Henry standing alone beside the southern road. She was mildly surprised to see that he was empty-handed. Shouldn't empty-handed have a dash, empty-dash-handed? Eh, I don't know. She had expected maybe a bag or a staff or something similar. She, of course, was not physically carrying anything. The pair started walking south together. So tell me more about these cats, Henry said. You don't know about them, she said, surprised. She wondered why he would have volunteered for this task if he didn't know what he was dealing with. Well, Joe told me a bit, Henry explained. He said they can talk and they're quite dangerous. I'm psyched to... Psyched? Margot interrupted. Henry looked at her blankly. I don't know what that means, she explained with a sheepish, a sheepish smile. Whew, that's some rough reading there. Okay. Oh, I meant excited, he clarified. Margot frowned at him, but in what she hoped was a friendly manner. Henry, these are dangerous, clever, and manipulative animals. You need to be careful. He waved at her comment. Waved at her comment? Maybe waved off her comment. Ugh. 
I know, or at least now I do, but we'll be fine. She laughed at him. And just how much do you think I am going to help? I figured you'd do most of the work, Henry said with a mischievous grin. Again, she laughed. Henry, you are so odd. <laughs> I'll take that as a compliment, he said. So what do you plan to do about the cat? Margot asked with interest. Are you going to kill it? Henry winced. I hope not. I wouldn't want to, at least. Then you just plan on capturing it? She asked, confused. We'll start there, I think, he said. I'm glad you're here, though. You could probably help hide whatever trap it is we set if we can find it at all. Wow. A lot of two-letter words in that sense. <laughs> all right. But then what, Margot asked, becoming exasperated. Henry shrugged. Sighing, she said, I guess that sounds like a good start. We could probably find it easy enough. If we come close to its den, it will try to hunt us. If it even has a den. Why wouldn't it, Henry asked. This is a lot of background information about this special type of cat, huh? <laughs> All right. Uh, well, it's really far from its natural habitat, she explained. It might not have really established itself yet. Interesting, Henry said, trailing off. After walking silently for a few, for a few moments, Margot decided to confide in Henry. Pauline's remarks about his lack of friends amongst the warrior mages made her feel a bit more warmth towards him, and Janie certainly seemed to trust him implicitly. You never did ask me about last Friday, Margot said. Henry looked at her smiling. Ask about what? Uh, my little trick with the potion. Quote, trick. I just did quote remarks in the air. Uh, the, uh, the live studio audience saw. All right. Let's see here. Um, bup, bup, bup. Oh, God, I forgot where it was. Oh, Henry was quiet for a moment, then said, I figured you'd tell me when you were ready to tell me. It doesn't seem like something you were willing to share with just anyone. They walked a few more steps in silence before Margot started again. I have this... Well, I can... It's hard to explain, she stuttered, thinking of the right words. I can reach into another dimension of sorts. It's like a doorway to a private closet that follows me around. Really? Henry said with interest. So you can just put stuff in there and get it later? Wow, how did he know that? I mean... Uh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of a weird hole in the story. Uh, you know, I'm going to have a drink right now. All right. Mm. Margot nodded. Anything, actually. That's why I rarely carry anything. Like, are you hungry? Always, Henry said laughing. Always. Ha <laughs> ha! Margot reached into her closet, her arm seeming to disappear in midair. When she pulled her hand out and back into reality, she was holding peanut brittle, which she handed to Henry. That's amazing, he exclaimed. He broke off a piece of candy and chewed it, grinning with wide eyes. Ugh, does anybody grin when they eat peanut brittle? I kind of like it, I guess. I don't know. You know what? I'm guessing the world of magic doesn't have like, uh, what do I want to say? Like hundred grand bars, you know? Those are good. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite candy bar? You know what? That's just a point of interest, not a discussion question. <laughs> Write in and tell me your favorite candy bar. I'm going to say, 
I do love, and I'm sure all the Europeans are going to get mad because they get all pissy about fucking Cadbury chocolate and all that garbage. But I do like a nice Hershey bar, like a regular Hershey bar. Very tasty. But I will say my favorite, eh, maybe a toss-up between Kit Kats, American Kit Kats, rest of the world with your weird Kit Kats, or maybe Nestle Crunch Bars. I like Nestle Crunch Bars, too. Yeah, but I will eat any candy bar, unless it's got, like, fruit in it. What the hell's up with that? But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's about right. You know what's good to those, like, Almond Joy and Mounds? Because I think everybody loves, like, that shredded coconut. Oh, God, I'm so hungry. Can anybody tell? Okay. Um, but you can't tell anyone about it, okay, she warned. I don't know anyone else who can do it, and I don't want to be a research subject or something. Page turn, and it's going badly. Okay, here we go. Have you ever filled it up, Henry asked, continuing with the candy. He offered some to Margot, and she accepted graciously. Oh, that's nice. You offered her some of her candy? It doesn't seem to fill up at all, she explained after swallowing the brittle. And it's almost as if it's self-organizing. I really only have to think about something, and suddenly... Right in front. And it's... Let's try this sentence again. I really only have to think about something, and it's suddenly right in front so I can grab it. I'd keep everything in there, Henry said thoughtfully. I do, Margot said, smiling. It's really convenient. Can you put a large predator cat in there, he asked, laughing. I don't think so, she said, joining him. Aww. (laughs) Okay, oh, drinking break, drinking break. Ooh, we might have to go for a refill since we're only like three pages into this shit. Mm. And I mean shit in the derogatory form, you know what I mean? Mm. In Sandhill, the pair met their ride near the farmer's market, and moments later, they were all rattling down the rutted road towards Sandhill's outlying western farmlands. Margot sat on the cart's bench next to the to their farmer-slash-driver, and Henry sat in the now-empty bed of the cart alone, casually taking in the surrounding rolling green countryside, and, more often, Margot herself as she sat with impeccable posture in front of him. Creepy! <laughs> just staring at her from behind. Ugh. And it's a bench, too, so it's probably just like a slat of wood, so... Oh, he's getting, like, the whole, like, I don't know. This is so, ugh. Sir, what exactly has the cat been up to? Henry asked from the rear. Turning, the tan man under a straw hat explained, It's been killing sheep, three so far. And you've seen it do this? Henry asked from the rear. Not me, the farmer said, but a hunting party saw it take down two. We've been trying to get it for days. They saw it, Margot commented in surprise, during the day. The farmer nodded. They said it's a skinny thing, and it just walked out into the field and killed a sheep one day. Wouldn't the sheep run away? And it's just, ah, maybe not. Did the same thing again two days later. They've been trying to find its den, but it's been hiding. But it's, but it's been finding them first. Wait, they've been trying to find its den, but it's been finding them first. What the fuck does that mean? (laughs) Finding the hunting party? Wouldn't they want it to find them? So, I don't know. God damn it. 
Take us to where your hunting party thought it was close, Henry requested. The farmer nodded, and the trio rode on. Drinking break! Ooh, might be... I'm going to have to go upstairs, I think, soon. Ooh. My glass is empty. Ooh. Okay. All right, let's, we'll keep going for now, huh? We'll do pausing later. Outside a fenced pasture, the cart rolled to a stop, and the two mages hopped down into the tall grasses. Hope they wore long pants, don't want to get ticks, you know what I mean? Margot could see the thin forest just north of the field, see, more directions, <laughs> where she assumed they would soon be heading. The farmer pointed in the direction of his home, and Henry nodded, commenting that they'd be there before dinner. When they were alone, Margot asked, What's your plan? Okay, I want to capture it, obviously, he said, but I have a feeling it won't be exactly that simple, right? Margot shook her head. They're smart. They sense people and magic. I thought so, Henry continued, which is why I need you to do two separate things, if you can. She looked at him curiously. He did not seem, he did seem to have a plan, but she thought it centered mostly around her. Okay, she said cautiously. We need to go into those woods, and I need to trap it, but I wanted to know we're in the woods, just not where we are. I'm not following you, she responded coolly. I'm going to set a simple magical trap to ensnare it. I wanted to know where, no, we're setting a trap. But I want it to think we're standing, for example, 20 feet north to the... Oh, God. Okay. This is like some freaking wily e. Coyote shit here. Okay. I want it to know we're setting a trap, but I want it to think we're standing, for example, 20 feet to the north doing so. I just... I need another pair of us if you follow me. Margot nodded. That task would be a piece of cake for her. Humble much? Jeez. I also need you to hide the actual trap. We can't let it see the trap or my preparing it. Margot considered this task for a moment. She could be stealthy. That wasn't a problem. But she thought... That was a terrible sentence. She could be stealthy, comma. That wasn't a problem, comma. But she thought... There could be a better way if Henry was trying to coax the great cat towards the fake, quote, them. No, she said plainly, all business. That won't work, or not well enough. The cat will know. Before Henry could frown, she continued, It would be better if I projected all that we were actually doing 20 feet to the north, as you say. So outsiders will see and hear and feel everything we're doing just offset. What the fuck? Oh, isn't that what he said he wanted? Uh, okay. <laughs> you can do that, Henry said with wide eyes. Margot shrugged. No problem. She closed her eyes and concentrated for a moment. When she opened them, Henry was staring at fake Margot standing about 20 feet away. Margot waved and Henry waved at fake her. When she laughed and snapped her fingers, ending her little... She laughed and snapped her fingers, ending her little spell. See? No problem, she said. 
The more I learn about you, the more impressed I am by you, Henry said. She blushed slightly at the compliment. Shall we? she asked. Ooh, drinking break, but I have an empty glass. So we're going to pause. Okay, we are back with some wild turkey. Oh, yeah. Mm, so strong, I put an ice cube in it because i got to dilute this shit. Jesus. All right. Mm, let me see. <sighs> All right, we're going. This is a long chapter. Jesus. The pair trudged through the young forest loudly, not bothering to conceal their passage. However, Margot's spell was making them appear ten yards ahead of their actual selves. Ooh, yards. For anybody who doesn't live in the United States, a yard is like a meter, except better. <laughs> uh, let me see. Henry thought it might be advantageous if they could keep an eye on themselves from behind. Neither was a tracker, though, so Henry felt somewhat blind to signs of their prey. See, that would have been smart if they brought a tracker or, you know, maybe one of those goddamn hunters, right? Eventually, the pair saw a small clearing ahead of them. The area was free of underbrush and matted with pine needles from the towering trees surrounding it. Ooh, setting. Glancing around, Henry spotted a copse of low pine trees to his right. That is a fancy word for this book. Jesus. Signaling to Margot, he pointed to the trees and walked over to them whilst fake them walked into the center of the clearing. We can set the real trap here, he whispered. We can set the real trap here, he whispered. Margot looked around and nodded. Henry watched her adjust her spell expertly, impressed more by her skill. Near the trees, Henry began weaving his ensnarement trap, all the while being mirrored by a copy of himself doing likewise in the clearing. When complete, Henry and Margot moved to the side of the clearing opposite the actual trap, such that they could watch the copse of trees as their reflections walked inside and squatted in the trees. As an added bonus, Henry pointed out as they sat amongst the pine needles, the trees were probably covered in their scent now. Can it hear us if we talk? Henry whispered to Margot. No, she responded quietly. I wasn't going to do whisper. That kills my freaking throat. How long do you think this will take, Henry asked. Not long, Margot said, Thank thankfully, because goddamn, sitting here through this bullshit. <laughs> Leaning in as if they might be heard, she whispered, it's been watching us. Henry turned to face her while she remained leaning towards him, her eyes on the clearing in front of them. He knew he had to turn away, but he lingered on her face awkwardly. As if sensing him, she turned to him, say, saying, Oh, sorry, I didn't realize I was still there. She sat back against the tree trunk behind her. Henry propped himself up with his outstretched arms behind him, and they waited. Their wait was shorter than Margot expected. Okay, I guess she told Henry how long it was going to be. I don't know. I think we should have had, like, a perspective shift, but it didn't happen. Okay. That's a typo, if that's the case. Five or so minutes after she had sat down. Do you use that in the metric system? Minutes? That doesn't work with tens, huh? <laughs> All 
All right. Let me see. Boop, 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 boop. She spotted the lean predator stalking its apparent prey in the trees across the clearing. Examining the creature, Margot noted that it was, in fact, far too skinny. Mm, must have an eating disorder. It lacked the muscular build she remembered on the beast from her childhood. Its rib cage was prominent, and its face seemed thin and tired. Margot pointed when the cat was ready to pounce. Henry caught sight of it just as it leapt into the bushes growling. The commotion ended quickly, however, as the animal must have realized it had been duped. Henry stood up at this point, and Margot tried to grab his sleeve. He looked at her, and she shook her head, partly out of concern for the off-worlder, and partly out of her own fear. Henry, though, smiled and gave her a thumbs up. Oof. One thing I like about Henry is he does do a lot of, like, douchey, like, hand things. Like, to annoy people. Like, just the thumbs up, you know? I picture him, like, winking while he does it, or... A couple times now in this book, he's like pointed and done the click, like, yeah, that's pretty badass. I don't do that in real life at all. I think maybe Henry is like me projecting uh, myself being, you know, having confidence, self-confidence. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I don't talk to people. That's like a, a rule I have. Ugh. All right. Uh, I'm going to have a sip, even though it's not a drinking break, because I want one. Mm. As he approached the trees, he called into them. Come out, cat. I mean you no harm. He's talking kind of formally, isn't he? Well, I guess this is a business meeting, right? <laughs> In the trees, the cat growled, but it didn't emerge. Margot remained behind Henry, not nearly as confident in his magic as he seemed to be. She had since removed her spells, and both were plainly visible to the cat. Henry called again, not and not unkindly. Reveal yourself, sir or madam. I wish to speak with you. I feel like that should have been a period instead of... There was a comma. So, you know what? I gotta say, this book does have, like, way fewer typos than Bring Balance. And, I don't know, I think... I feel like I edited them both, like, the same. You know, like, two passes through it. But... I'm going to say, like, uh, bringing balance, you know, maybe because I did bring balance, I was a little careful, more careful with this one. I was going to say carefuler, which would have been a typo. <laughs> so I knew what to look for. Like, I knew all the fuck-ups that I make when I write a book in a month. So, all right, all right, let's go. And then try to edit it. So I was looking for where I can't edit books in that, yeah. All right. Um, boop, boop, boop. Slowly, the large cat emerged from the underbrush and branches. Margot could tell immediately that it had not eaten well of late. Of late. I like that. <laughs> it walked to within five feet of Henry, teeth barred, and sat down on its haunches. Good afternoon, sir or madam, Henry started. Sir, the cat seemed to growl. I'm not doing a voice. Just FYI. Sir it is, Henry replied. I am Henry McCallum, and this is my colleague, Margot Lafleur. The cat's mouth closed for a moment, and its ears shut straight up when it caught sight of Margot. However, it quickly resumed its feline sneering at Henry. Margot rolled her eyes. Of course, her family's history was even known by a cat. I wish to speak to you, sir, on behalf of the rancher who owns the sheep you've eaten, Henry explained calmly. 
The cat eyed Henry for a moment silently. Release me, wizard, it said. You know, I should have said he said at that point, right? We know it's a male cat. It's kind of stupid of me. And then we may speak. Henry appeared to feign consideration, but he shocked Margot when he replied, All right, but I've done you the courtesy of not harming you. I would expect the same courtesy granted to my companion and I. The cat looked from Henry to Margot and back at Henry. In its gravelly voice, it agreed. I will not harm you or the witch. Margot frowned. She hated being referred to as a witch, simply because of all the negative connotations it carried. Term was still quite common in the North. Another reason she never wished to travel home. Ah! <laughs> Henry snapped his right hand, and Margot felt the spell dissolve around the cat. You know, I don't really think... We got a real good idea of what the spell was or how it worked. Was it in the bushes? I thought it was in the clearing, or was that just the illusion? So Henry set the trap in the bushes while he was standing there with Margot? Uh, I don't know. Uh, seems inconsistent. Okay. She saw that the cat sensed it too. He walked a few feet to its right and sat down again. Henry followed the beast with his eyes the whole time. So why have you ventured here? Henry asked, crossing his arms and smiling. We're quite far from the mountains. I had to leave, the cat said. Sorry, a little bit of, little, little bit of a burp. I had to leave, the cat said, proceeding to clean one paw. See, I wanted to work in the cat, like, just, you know, cleaning itself. Cats, cats are all assholes, so they're not going to, like, pay attention, so. You're sick, Margot stated. The cat stopped licking himself and stared at her curiously. Ill, she clarified, walking forward. You're starving. The cat silently re- What? <laughs> the cat sat silently regarding her. Margot had seen such sickness before in these beasts, although this case was somewhat more advanced. While the cats were known to occasionally kill livestock, taking three in as many days was ex excessive. In as many days kind of sounds, uh, I don't know. That's weird. I don't, I don't talk like that. What the hell? Uh, it couldn't possibly need all that food. Clearly, it had done this cat no good. Turning to Henry, she explained, he has a worm of some sort. He'll need some, he'll need a simple potion or medicine. We need to find a doctor or veterinarian. Henry nodded. Okay, but where will we find one? Margot shrugged. We have to ask the farmer, of course. Drinking break! Ooh, good thing I got another glass of this. Mm -hmm. I really am pouring small glasses, because I think we're going out this afternoon. Yeah, all right. Mm. Yeah, we're going to the freaking drugstore. What's up? Party animals! The great cat walked beside Henry and Margot as they arrived back at the farmer's house. Oh, so he took him with him, right? Henry was confident at this point that they were safe, and he trusted the feline even if he was originally sent to kill it. On the lawn of the house, Margot stopped Henry and told him, Stay here with our friend. I'll do the talking, okay? Henry nodded, and the cat sat down, watching with interest. Margot walked to the house and knocked, and the farmer emerged almost instantly. 
He smiled at Margot, but his face turned immediately to dread upon seeing the cat and Henry in the field before him. A young girl, Henry saw, came rushing outside as Margot explained the cat's situation, none of which Henry could hear. A woman emerged yelling after the child, but it was already halfway to the cat and the mage. And no harming this family, all right, Henry whispered to the cat. They may try to help you. The cat growled in response, but remained seated. The farmer's wife ran barefoot to her daughter. Oh, that's nice. Pretty sexist there, whoever the author is, huh? Saying that she has to be, you know, barefoot wife. Isn't that like some sort of pregnancy term or something? I don't know. Who cares? I don't know if it's sexist. Oh, let's say it's sexist. (laughs) I think what I'm actually implying is that she was barefoot in her house, which means it's nice and clean, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, and I'm not implying she cleaned it. Jesus, stop jumping on me with this, like, these sexist accusations. All right. Okay. Uh, And grabbed her up. Henry called. It's fine. He's not going to do anything. Looking from the nervous woman back to the cat, he asked, Are you thirsty? Turning to the farmer's wife, he asked, Do you have any milk? She nodded nervously. Could you spare a bowl? He could use a drink. I I don't think you're supposed to give cats milk, but eh, who cares? This is a sick cat. When the woman went back into the house with the little girl, Henry watched Margot turn to him confused. He smiled and waved. The farmer, in the meantime, left for his nearest barn. Moments later, the wife reappeared carrying a mixing bowl, and Margot accompanied her back to the cat. You should lay down, Henry suggested. No need to seem threatening. The cat seemed to agree, laying its long, slender body in the grass next to Henry. The two women approached Henry and the cat, who now rested his head on its paws. The farmer's wife stopped a few feet from the large cat, nervous. It's all right, Henry reassured her. She took another step and placed the bowl in front of the cat, quickly stepping back. The cat rose as if genuinely tired and strolled to the bowl. It first took a taste, then began greedily lapping at the milk. It stopped for a moment, saying thank you to the farmer's wife. Oh, because she didn't know the cat could talk. Oh my, she said with wide eyes. I had no idea he could speak. They're very intelligent, Margot pointed out. I actually just nodded when I read that. <laughs> the farmer came running up from behind Margot, carrying a large glass bottle containing a green liquid. Looking to Henry, he asked, Has he drank from the stream northwest of the woods? That's very specific. Henry looked at the cat, who stopped lapping the milk momentarily. Why? the cat asked. The farmer paused for a moment, staring in surprise at the predator cat. Uh, oh, see, that shouldn't be a different paragraph. All right, so there's a paragraph break, and then the farmer starts speaking, but we could have kept that together. Um, the stream is poisoned. We've had some sheep and cattle drink from it before. Some sort of worms. He handed the bottle to Henry. It'll need to drink this. When the cat looked at the two men, the farmer explained, You'll feel better in about a day after some purging. You'll start putting weight back on. Ah, see? So he's telling the cat it's going to vomit. That's great. You know what? Maybe my cat has this sickness because it throws up constantly. (laughs) Do you know where he can get some food tomorrow? Henry asked. 
The farmer looked at him blankly. Turning to the cat, he said, Finish the milk and I'll pour this in the bowl. Drink all of it, though. It's probably terrible. The cat growled slightly at him, but resumed drinking the small amount of remaining milk. The farmer, finding himself, finding himself, like, yeah, collecting himself would have been better there, continued. There will be no hunting in the northern woods because of the stream. About a mile east of here is a forest with game. Deer and rabbits, mostly, though there is some quail. Could you give him some meat tomorrow before sending him off, Henry asked. He saw Margot roll her eyes at him in an amused manner. I I think so, the farmer said. Well, that's fantastic, Henry exclaimed. <laughs> and maybe if you're having any trouble with rabbits or whatever around your farm, he could occasionally come back and show his gratitude. He looked down at the giant cat, who was actually purring softly as he licked the bowl clean. Henry opened the bottle of medicine and poured it into the bowl. The cat tasted it and shook his head in distaste. Ooh, taste and distaste in the same sentence. The farmer laughed. The doc said it was terrible. The cat blew a breath out of its nose and continued swallowing the green syrupy liquid in the bowl. Henry reached into his pocket and withdrew some coins. Let me pay you for the medicine. I don't want you to be out anything from this. The farmer shook his head. No, that's not necessary. As long as our friend here stops killing sheep, I'm happy. The cat looked up at him, the fur around his mouth dripping with the green liquid. He's welcome here otherwise, though. Feel free to stop by any time and take care of some rabbits, just as long as my family and herds remain shape. Henry watched the cat squint at the man, purring lightly, and continue drinking med- the medicine. Great. I think we're done. Ooh, drinking break! This is a long chapter, huh? You guys enjoying this? Mm. So, like, with a predator cat, do they get hairballs, you think? Like my cat, all the time. Constantly, constantly. She considers... I tell my wife, the lovely Laura... That um, my cat considers every rug in the house a, quote, vomit pad. And that is where she deposits all her vomit on any sort of, sort of area rug. Yeah, God forbid she vomit on, like, linoleum or bathroom tile. But no, no, it's always right on a rug, yeah. Boop, 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 where are we? Okay, let's have another sip and we are going to keep going. We are trucking through this, but we are running short on time. Hmm. When the two mages arrived back in Sandhill, they immediately started back towards their homes. The ride back into town with the farmer was mostly taken up by Henry asking the farmer very specific farming questions, which Margot found exceptionally odd. The two men spoke of, quote, futures, spot markets, and harvesting times. Margot didn't follow much of the conversation, but she was baffled as to why an off-worlder would know such things. As they left town, starting along the empty road back to the temple, Margot turned to Henry and simply said, You're so odd. How so? Henry asked with a smile. I'm still not sure what happened back there with the cat, she replied, shaking her head. She had expected Henry to simply kill the cat originally, but she never expected him to help the sick animal. With the cat? I'm not following you, he said. 
How did you convince the family to take care of the cat? And what kind of, quote, warrior, quote, end quote, mage just goes around letting dangerous predator cats roam the pasturelands, she asked. She didn't expect an answer. Rather, she was trying to verbalize her thoughts to see if that would maybe clear up things in her head. Well, I wasn't just going to kill it. Obviously, she laughed. He was just a sick cat who needed a little assistance. You'll be fine now, I hope, Henry said. Margot shook her head and smiled. Today was nothing like what I thought it would be, she pointed out. Drinking break! Oh, I thought that would have been a good point to end the chapter, don't you think? Mm. Do you think Margot's starting to like Henry more? Ooh, I do! <laughs> the pair separated near the midpoint of their homes, and Henry headed for his tiny house. He wasn't surprised to find Janie sitting outside. Finding Joe with her was a surprise. He watched as Janie poured some of Henry's whiskey into Joe's glass before refilling her own. All right, at this point, Janie has drank like a gallon of this guy's whiskey. So I think he's had to buy some more at some point, right? So they have like a commissary. Is that... So I'm not like a military man. If you surprise, I'm a little pansy, <laughs> right? I'm a suburban white boy. I, I don't... I have soft hands. Soft, girlish hands. <laughs> All right. So, I don't know military things, but don't, 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 like, military people buy things at the commissary? Like, it's not meals, necessary, necessarily. I don't know what a commissary is. Look it up and write into the show, because I'm really not sure. I'm not going to look it up now, because I don't care enough. I obviously didn't care enough when I wrote the book. All right. Boop, 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 boop. Make yourselves at home, Henry said as he approached. Joe looked nervous at this invitation. Janie, however, simply waved off his comment. So, how was your day, she asked. Get it? Because, yeah. All right. Henry shrugged. It was good. Are, are you two an item, Joe asked. Henry squinted at Joe, then looked back at Janie with a scowl. So, have you been telling everyone, he asked angrily. Oh, please, Janie said. Most people just, most people know just because of how loud you were the other day at breakfast. How loud I was, Henry exclaimed. Janie laughed. So what did she say? I didn't ask, Henry admitted, dropping his body into the third chair outside his house. Oh, see, this is the first time Janie brought a chair outside. I think I'm modeling this after, like, uh... I don't know if people see this everywhere. Around me, I see it pretty regularly, but people sitting in their garages drinking or smoking or, you know, just enjoying the day, they'll sit in the garage or like in patio chairs on the driveway, just hanging out. I kind of like to do that personally, but I have a patio out back where I don't have to look at people, so that's kind of fun to sit in too. There's something about just sitting in the garage. I, I think it's that you get to wave at people as they go by. We've done it on... Like, our street's a big parking location for July 4th fireworks. So we've brought chairs out front to just sit and watch people, you know, try to leave and get in car accidents as they try to pull out of our street. It's good times. Good times. I'm going to do that this year. This coming July 4th. That's right, people. <laughs> yeah, it's coming up real fast. All right, where were we? So I think that's what that's modeled after. They're just hanging out outside his house in the front. 
Although I guess with the layout, it's not like he's going to have a, like a private backyard or anything. Kind of sounds like they're all just in a field. <sighs> all right. Uh, dropping his body into... Well, but all I'm saying is it is nice that they got a chair out for him finally. Jesus. That was probably Joe. Janie seems like she's kind of... I don't know. I don't know. Janie's not... Uh, well, she keeps drinking his whiskey and eating his food, so considerate? She's not considerate? Yeah, yeah. Okay, although we all know Henry's kind of a dick, too, based on bringing balance and the first, what, 24 episodes of this this podcast? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Um, uh, why not, Janie asked loudly. You two were alone all day. I don't know, Henry admitted. I just didn't. Oh, see, he doesn't want to ask her out. He's scared. <laughs> Janie handed him her glass and reached beside herself on the ground for another. Swirling his drink, Henry turned to Joe, saying, Thank you for coming, too. He meant it as well. I ran into Janie on her way over, he said, shrugging. Um, oh, my God. That's the end of the chapter. <laughs> okay, so we're right at, like, the bottom of the page, so... Joe says, I ran into Janie on her way over, he said, shrugging. And then I turned the page and there's just nothing. Okay, all right. Well, I guess that ends chapter 12. Well, it's about time we finally get to another chapter with some freaking magic in it. Am I right? I mean, it wasn't a lot and it was real, like confusing? I'm still not sure what happened there. <laughs> but at least there was some magic. Ooh, and a magic animal. So, uh, let me think. I think last week one of my questions was, let me see, I could just peek. Oh, do you know what a catamount is? And have you ever seen one? Well, actually, if nobody checked online, a catamount is just another word for a mountain lion or a cougar. Apparently all the same stupid animal. I guess, um, my understanding is like catamount was used in like uh, the New England region to describe mountain lions where there are no mountain lions any longer or there are no catamounts. And I was under the impression when I asked that question uh, that I had seen one, but I was incorrect. There is a stuffed catamount at uh, the University of Vermont. I thought it was at Bowdoin, but there isn't. They have a stuffed polar bear for some reason. Who knows? Bowdoin College in Maine or New Hampshire, wherever the hell it is. Who knows? It's a liberal arts school. Nobody's heard of it. <laughs> um, so I have not seen a catamount, but that is all it is. It's just a mountain lion. Nothing to get excited about. Uh, you should look up mountain lion or catamount on uh, Wikipedia because... They're like all the same animal. It's freaking weird, like cougars and who knew, but pretty fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mine was a talking catamount, which, uh, yeah, I don't think there's such a thing. So I guess it was kind of magical, don't you think? <laughs> well, while I was looking today for some discussion questions, I actually noticed another typo on like page, let's see here, 92... I just don't close a set of quotes. That's a classy thing. There were a few others in here that, meh. 
I don't know. Not a great chapter. Again, I guess there was some quote-unquote excitement, but I didn't really get that excited about it. <laughs> and uh, Margot and Henry got to hang out together, but I, I you know, that, I don't think there was any particular chemistry. Do you? I don't know. Write in. Tell me if you thought there was chemistry. Ugh. I don't think so. I thought it was pretty freaking lame. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So why don't we get on to uh, discussion questions, huh? All right. All right. I have three prepared for today, like every week. So I don't know why I'm giving you a count. All right. So my first question was on page 82. Uh, Henry explained... He said that he's talking about catamounts now. He said they can talk and they're quite dangerous. I'm psyched to, and then dot dot dot, and Margot interrupts. Psyched? I don't know what that means, she explained with a sheepish smile, right? Sheepish smile? Where you went over that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Margot doesn't know what the word psyched means, right? Because, you know, she's not from our cool ass world, our radical world. Radical as in, like, 80s rad. Not, uh, what do I want to say? Politically active. <laughs> okay, so what other words would Margot not know from our our world? I already came up with a guess. She probably wouldn't know what uh, Cool Beans is. You know what I mean? When people, that's pretty 90s, don't you think? Like, hey, I'll meet you at the uh, ice cream parlor. Cool Beans, man. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There used to be a store in Boston called Cool Beans in uh, on Newbury Street, I think. I don't know. I had a friend in high school who would. He made me go there a few times. I think he bought something for a girl he had a crush on there. Uh, it was pretty weird. I don't, <laughs> I don't like thinking too much about high school, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so cool beans, I don't think Margo would know. If you can think of any other fun words or uh, sayings or phrases, right? Uh, I know I say wicked a lot because I'm from Massachusetts, right? Like, that's wicked awesome or wicked cool. Yeah, that would probably confuse her. I think so, yeah. But you know what? A lot of people around here also look at me like I'm insane when I say that. <laughs> All right, question two. All right, so they set this elaborate, ridiculous trap for this cat. Question two, did you understand what the trap was at all? <laughs> so my beef with it was Henry said, like, we'll make it look like we're setting it over here, but then we'll set it over here. And Margot says, effectively, that won't work. What we have to do is set it over here, but it'll look like it's over there. And it was the same. I can't understand if it was the same thing. And then he captured him in the bushes where they had been standing. I don't, what, what, what happened? Wait, wait, where was the trap? <laughs> it was very, 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 very confusing. I still don't understand exactly what happened. I, I, I probably had this real, like, um, I don't know, specific view of what Henry was talking about and then what Margo was talking about. And when I wrote it down, none of it translated at all. And we end up with this freaking word mess that just doesn't make sense. Ah. Uh, yeah, if you understood it, tell me what happened. <laughs> All right, um, question three. Okay, this is about our catamount, okay? Um, so the catamount, the Great Western catamount, right, can speak in this book. 
I actually had a different question, but let's go with this. How annoying would a talking cat be? I would be furious if my cat could talk. <laughs> we like make voices of what she's saying, and it always involves us trying to kill her or give her or not feeding her because, uh, you know, she whines, right? Yeah, she doesn't want to be pet. She, you know, she gets angry if I try to pick her up. Yeah, so she, I'm pretty sure she thinks that her daddy at home is trying to kill her. So if she could talk, there'd be a lot of, ah, put me down, oh my God, you know, that kind of screaming. Ooh, that looks like it's going to be brutal to listen to. <laughs> but yeah, how annoying would a cat be? All it would be, all it would do is stare at you and ask for food constantly. Food, food, food. Yeah, it would be super annoying. I was actually going to ask, like, would a talking cat have a name? And would it know its name? And who gave it its name? Its mom? And would it be a cat name? Right? Would it be like Meow Meow Meow? Or would it be like, uh, you know, um, Theodore? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, would they be more... I guess they'd have to be more intelligent to have, like, a vocabulary. But, uh, I mean... I don't know. I'm real confused about that. I guess this is a magical cat, so he can do what he wants. He never had a name in the book, though. That's kind of shitty. Don't you think? I should have named him. That would have been funny. could have had a name. He could have shown up in future books, right? Right? That would have been rad. Yeah, Lamar the Great Western Catamount. He could have been in a sequel. But here we are. Not going to show up in any other books. Oh, that's a spoiler alert, I think. <laughs> so those are my three discussion questions. If you really want to answer them, they're pretty weak. If you understood, the yes or no will do fine for that trap. <laughs> I don't, you don't have to explain to me what's happening or what you thought was happening. You could just be like, that didn't make any sense. You're correct. Oof, I'm going to have a little sippy here. Mm. So anyway... Um, if you do have an answer, you can head on over to jeffreadshisbook.com and from there, you can click on a whole bunch of links where you can contact me. You can get me on email at jba at sdf.org or you can hit me up on Mastodon at jba at mastodon.sdf.org or you can hit me up on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. Pretty simple, right? That one's a lot easier. It's all one word, so it makes a little more sense reading. The the SDF, I fear nobody can uh, nobody can hear. But I've brought up that concern before. Just go to JeffReadsBook.com. You'll find the links there. You can also buy a copy of this terrible book, which has very few typos, I will say. But we found one today, right? Yeah, so if you want to read this after the podcast is done, or read along, that would be fun too, right? If you sat and read along with us, unless you're like driving a car, but maybe you got a Tesla because you got some big money and you think Elon Musk is some sort of god, which he isn't. He's kind of a piece of shit. So uh, I guess that's a lot of ranting for today, but uh, I was feeling a little gabby. So anyway, until next time, keep on reading. Keep on reading.